New Year to all our listeners and welcome to our first coffee break for 2021, looking at the immediate implications of the new lockdown for employers. I'm joined today by Catherine Shepherd, a Knowledge Law Director who's going to run us through the most important points to have on your radar. Welcome, Catherine. It's not the start to the new year we're all hoping for, is it? But to help us get our heads around the implications of this new lockdown, could you start by giving us a quick summary of what's now in place? Thanks, Kath. Yes, we're back in a full national lockdown and the announcement broadly reflects the first lockdown announced in March 2020, with some businesses required to close, save for limited exceptions, and a clear stay at home message unless it is for a specific legally permitted reason. The Prime Minister suggests that the lockdown will be in place for at least six weeks, but I think the feeling is that the restrictions may well last longer, with the new regulations permitting the restrictions to run until the 31st of March. Yes, that's certainly what I've been hearing today. So should everyone who can now be working from home be doing so again? Yeah, the guidance is clear that leaving home to work is permitted, but only where that work cannot reasonably be carried out from home. The guidance also points to employers um, needing to take every possible step to facilitate working from home, for example, providing suitable IT and other equipment. Whilst this wording on its face provides some flexibility and approach, we are anticipating greater scrutiny than under perhaps the more recent lower tiered approach. The Prime Minister is clear that only those who absolutely cannot work from home should attend the workplace. Everyone obviously is incredibly conscious that for some individuals, the office is important to enable them to perform their duties effectively or in supporting their mental health and well-being. So keeping a clear record of the process that has been undertaken where any requests to attend the office are permitted and issuing a letter authorising attendance will be sensible um, just to avoid any difficult situations. And of course, any workplace that is open must be COVID secure. And we've flagged up before, haven't we, the issues that arise with employees moving to work from home, but from overseas? Yeah, that's caused a number of issues for employers. And although the current stay at home rules equally apply to foreign nationals who may be based here, it would be sensible to to reiterate again your policy around working from home and your expectations in this respect. And can I just ask about those who are clinically extremely vulnerable? Is there any particular guidance in respect of those employees? Yeah, so the government guidance is clear that as under the recent tier four restrictions, individuals who are clinically extremely vulnerable should not attend work. Um, Just before Christmas, uh, the government extended the coronavirus job retention scheme on its current terms until the 30th of April. And that scheme may provide financial support for those who are unable to work from home, um, but who are shielding in light of that guidance. However, just a note of caution there, there is obviously HMRC scrutiny over claims made under that scheme. So care must be exercised in claiming under it. Um, Employers who do not want to use the scheme, um, it may be appropriate for them to support the employee, maybe under a company sick pay scheme or using annual leave. Um, or perhaps um, providing for a sabbatical on reduced pay. Um, The guidance on shielding reminds employers that employees may be eligible for statutory sick pay or employment support allowance, and that it also may be appropriate to look at an employee taking on an alternative role or perhaps changing their work patterns temporarily to enable them to work from home. Um, 
in terms of if any arrangements are put in place, employers must, of course, remain mindful of any disability discrimination issues that may arise. Thanks, Catherine. The media's highlighted, hasn't it, the real concern many individuals are feeling with this increased rate of transmission. Is, is there anything you can tell us about those employees who maybe have a medical condition that makes them nervous about attending work or perhaps travelling to work at the moment? Yeah, so the guidance that I've just referred to only covers those employees who are clinically extremely vulnerable and there's obviously a list provided in that guidance but employers must remain alert to each individual's particular circumstances and concerns um, about attending the workplace even if they're not covered by the shielding guidance. It's really important to understand the legal and practical issues here um, as well as taking care not to breach you know the implied term of trust and confidence that exists between every employer and employee. You know there's a real risk that you know, employee relations more widely could be damaged um, and individuals may also be disabled for the purposes of the Equality Act 2010. So, you know, careful thought needs to be given to any concerns that are being raised and why they are being raised. Um, again, things to consider include perhaps moving individuals to safer roles within the workplace, um, permitting travel to and from work at quieter times, or perhaps providing additional protective equipment. Those are just some examples of steps that employers may want to look at taking. Thanks, Catherine. And finally, with the schools and colleges closed, it's back to home learning, isn't it, for many families? Are you seeing any particular steps being taken by employers to adapt to this and support their staff whilst continuing to meet their business demands? Yeah, so as with the first national lockdown, this immediate need for parents to homeschool and care for children at home is a real challenge. Um, we've seen before employers considering flexible working hours on a temporary basis, or perhaps looking at whether employees qualify for statutory dependence leave or parental leave. Um, in some circumstances, it may also be appropriate to ask employees to use their annual leave entitlement. For many businesses, the holiday year may just have ended and employees may have accrued and holiday which has been carried forward to this current holiday year. Uh, one interesting um, thing which we may see more employees take up is this option to form a childcare bubble, which didn't exist in the first lockdown. And that's where um, if parents have a child in their household aged under 14, they can allow friends or family from one other household to form a bubble with them and provide informal childcare. Um, and just for completeness, obviously the coronavirus job retention scheme is again there available to provide support if the employer feels that it is right for them to access that scheme. Thanks, Catherine. There's so much to consider, isn't there? Are there any final issues it's worth flagging for our listeners? I think the key now is to still make sure that individual circumstances are considered sensitively in light of um, the particular issues that arise and employers must remain alert to sort of the mental well-being of their staff. Um, the general feeling is that resilience is not as high as it was in the earlier lockdown. As well as supporting individual employees, it's really important to make sure that managers are receiving adequate support and training as they are obviously continuing to deal with a number of issues that arise, arise remotely and that they can spot any mental health difficulties in their teams. 
Thanks so much, Catherine, and to everyone for joining us this week. Next week, we're going to be focusing again on the implications of the vaccination rollout, but with an international focus this time, talking to some of the partners from our international offices on the particular issues raised in their jurisdictions. So please do join us again next week.